getting you up and getting your sports day started. I mean, I could wear a good-looking suit and I could speak eloquently for it on his behalf. This is the Morning Drive Podcast. And then you'll take your uh, remote and you'll push the button. Okay. And then magically the game will appear. Mm. From Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us this morning. So, uh, last night, uh, me and the young phenom were outside in the backyard had a little rubber baseball and we were he was telling me he was going to throw four seam fastballs against the side of the house okay okay <laughs> four seam all right and so you know the other one they wanted to get his bat out and 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 bat the almost three-year-old which he can he can hold the bat and he knows how to you know knock it on the plate you know like he's gonna hit it out like you know aaron judge you know and uh i kept i kept telling him hey Kind of watch what you're doing here. Don't throw the ball over the fence because he's wanting me to want to see how high up he can throw it. You know, typical nine year old. And sure enough, ball goes over the fence into the, the neighbor, neighbor's yard. Into the neighbor's yard. And I'm like, well, you got to go. You got to go knock on the door. Well, what? Will you go with me? No. I go. They're nice people. But you need to. So I was like, I wanted him to be a little uncomfortable. You know, because that you know that feeling of sure going next door and. I remember as a kid, you know, I was telling him, I said, you know, growing up, we lived next to this, man, this guy was mean. And he had a mean, nasty little dog that just barked and nipped at you. Mr. Cripps was his name. And he wore one of those, um, <clears throat> you know, tank top, white t-shirts and just, you know, belly hanging over his belt and never smiled and was just always angry, you know, always angry with us, me and my brothers. And so there'd be times we'd jump the chain link fence to run over to Mr. Cripps's yard and get the ball out. And all I could think about was just was the movie and everything. And so he goes over there and rings the doorbell. Well, they weren't home, but they had the, you know, the, the doorbell and, you know, the, and they were out and they're like, oh, we'll be home in about an hour. We'll we'll throw it over. And I'm like, see, it wasn't that bad. So <laughs> it, just, it just made him experience that. Just, then I kind of went back in my brain to my youth and just that nervousness of knocking on the door you know and going hey my baseball went into your yard can you can you throw it back over for me so anyway we had a little bit of had a little bit of that last night which was which was fine Six thirty-three this morning here on the morning drive do you ever have a mean neighbor live next to you i think we had ones that were you know kind of down the park a little bit but not not right next to us that we ever were worried about. Yeah, not a Mr. Cripps. I mean, this guy was. No. I can still see him. You know, mm-hmm. I was. You know, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. You know, and yeah, I think out we, there in his backyard. I think we had the stingers. The stingers. Yeah, yeah. in our neighborhood that we were a little bit scared of. They were a little bit sketchy. <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> yeah, sketchy. So, so, but. Uh, our neighbors next door. They, the, the, then all of a sudden, the ball came over the fence. <laughs> it's like, okay, there we go. There's your ball. There it is. Keep, keep track of it. Keep track of it, young man. 634 this morning. Hey, good news for uh, Reggie Pearson. Um, named uh, co-defensive player of the week uh, by the Big 12 yesterday. And Trey Wolf uh, named the special teams uh, player of the week. Uh, deservedly so. Uh, Pearson shares his honor with Baylor's Byron Jackson. Uh, Reggie had five tackles. Also an interception, recovered a fumble. Uh, as Tech, uh, of course, beat Texas 37-34 to 34 on Saturday. Uh, interception was early in the second quarter. It was a big one, too, and he returned it 20 yards. 
And then uh, in the overtime, falling on the fumble that was punched out by, you know, Krishan Merriweather. And, uh, man, boy, that's just the way that you, you want to start an overtime is create a turnover and then put yourself in a spot where all you have to do is kick a field goal and uh, and go from there. Zach Kitley was asked yesterday about did they consider, you know, angling for the field goal early and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, we're trying to get it in the end zone. That's what I would have wanted him to yeah, do. That weird. He's like, no, we're trying to get Clear. it in the end zone. It's funny that he was asked the question. I mean, did you not see Sir Roderick Thompson running down the sideline? Did you not see the quarterback yeah. cut and try to get into the end zone? Yeah, no. And, and, and I mean, clearly they were thinking absolutely. about trying to score yeah. a touchdown. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Do we watch the game before we come up with these questions? Well, I, you know. No. Why would we watch the game before I, we have I, to come I don't up know with what questions? The con- I don't know what the context was. It's much I, more fun to ask I can't the remember, questions I can't remember. I can't remember who who asked the question or what the what the context was. But, um, you know, cl- clearly with what they were doing. And then, he, then he said on the play that uh, Morton was in that he was actually open. And we all knew that, that he was actually open. But. Uh, Donovan Smith decided to, to run it himself and slipped and and ended up having to settle for the field goal. But uh, to me, the most interesting thing about the whole field goal deal was Joey McGuire saying after the game on Saturday that he'd actually considered, you know, the delay of game to get the better angle. I did think it was odd that they ran that way to set him up for the that that was a tougher angle, especially mm-hmm. short. Mm-hmm. So. Good for Trey for drilling it through and, yeah. and it saying, not being an issue. Yeah, and him saying to him, like, no, I'm, I'm good, coach. Mm. He said, no, I'm good. Trey Wolf, perfect yeah. on field goal attempts, three of three. And, of course, had the overtime uh, winner from 27 yards. He had the 27-yarder in the third quarter, 45 yards with 21 seconds uh, remaining, and then the field goal there uh, at the end uh, to give uh, Texas Tech uh, the win over Texas. So, uh, good. Good uh, good deal there. Hey, we want to remind you that if at uh, any point in time you want to get kind of a quick synopsis of any of our shows, uh, we've put together some great podcasts for you for uh, this show, The Morning Drive, Tech Talk, End of the Bench, um, and The Bottom Line. Uh, so you can uh, go to double97.3.com or 107thescore.com uh, on your own time. Don't do it during our time here because we don't want to take away, you don't want to miss what we're doing right now. It's because something really spectacular might happen, right. could happen. Uh, but if, if and when that does, it'll be available uh, in, for a period of time on our podcast on double So uh, be looking for that. Uh, Coach McGuire yesterday saying, Jamie, that uh, Adrian Fry was still, still going to be out. Mm. Maybe, possibly Oklahoma State. Uh, Derek Lewis another week away, and Dimitri Moore uh, could play this week. Um, they will have, uh, as what I told you yesterday, Henry Teeter will be back, and Cameron Valdez will be back. Uh, Valdez was going to run yesterday. There, it's uncertain if he'll play on Saturday or even travel with the team. They can only take seventy, and part of the issue is, you know, conditioning and football shape and all those kinds of things. So. They're working him back into the rotation, but I don't know if he'll travel to Manhattan this week. I kind of got the sense no on that, just just because he has not been playing and has not been you know practicing, and they've got to <clears throat> get him into the conditioning and stuff like that. So that's that was kind of my take on that. 
You think Valdez is a, is a big deal? You think he's going to be a big factor when he comes back? Well, I mean, when you have Taj Brooks and you have Sir Roderick Thompson, um, it's, it's probably going to be hard to crack the lineup. In his absence, we haven't handed off to anybody else that I can remember. Yeah. It's just been those two. I think it's more of, you know, having fresh bodies in there or maybe occasional you fresh know, legs in there. Running backs get banged up all the time, yeah. so you just never know when you're going to lose mm. one of those in the middle of a game, and yeah. suddenly you're down to one. So you'd like to have Valdez then. Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder if I, – I know they've spoke very highly about him mm-hmm. in the off season, and felt like he was really coming along and felt like when we would all talk about how you have two really good backs, they felt like, hey, we've got three really good backs. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I just wonder how much of a, a factor he will, he will be when he comes back. There's a part of me that says, man, I hope he's not a factor at all because that means that Taj and Sir Roderick are healthy and doing fine. Mm-hmm. And then there's part of me that says, well – you know, if you've got a game where both those guys are running awful hard and you need somebody to come in and, you know, pick up, you know, eight to ten yards, that he'd be able to do that in the fourth quarter against a defense that's worn down a little bit because he's got fresh legs. Maybe. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's what uh, – and there's there's others that are on this list, um, but he, but these are freshmen and guys that uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't expect to play. Um at any rate, that's your that's your injury update, uh, as far as I know. I don't think I missed anybody uh, along those lines. Six forty this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll get uh, some more comments uh, from uh, Coach McGuire and also uh, Tim DeRuiter and Zach Kitley. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. Today is Tuesday, September the 27th. Here is Jeff McGuire. We like a good home run chase, right? We do. 1919, Boston Red Sox, Slugger, Babe Ruth, takes the Major League home run record to 29 <laughs> with a third inning blast and a 7-5 defeat of the Washington Senators at Griffin State. Did not have a lively baseball in 1919, did they? No. They hadn't quite figured out that it was just much easier to hit the ball over the fence <laughs> in 1919 yet. They were th- starting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. 1923, Lou Gehrig hits his first of 493 career home runs. 1935, Chicago Cubs win their 21st consecutive game and clinch the NL pennant. Mm. That's a streak to end the year on. Yeah, no doubt. 1939, the White Sox host the very first day-night doubleheader. They lose both games to Cleveland, 5-2 and 7-5. It's a bad deal. 1961, Sandy Koufax sat... sat, (laughs) Jeff Talk Take 2. Sandy Koufax in 1961 sets a National League strikeout season record of 269. Mm. 1967, Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Jim Bunning ties the National League record of five one-to-nothing losses in a single season. Get that man some run support. No doubt. 1973, Nolan Ryan strikes out 16 in 11 innings for a record 383 on the year. Mm. Angels, I believe. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was before the Astros run. Mm-hmm. 
1983, Tim Raines is the first since Ty Cobb to steal 70 bases and drive in 70 runs. That's a pretty cool one. That is really cool. I loved old Rock Raines. Especially when he flipped over to the Yankees. Nah, he was always fun. Way back to his Expos days. Mm -hmm. 1988. American diver Greg Luganis wins the 10-meter platform gold medal at the Seoul Olympics. It wraps up the diving double after also taking the 3-meter springboard gold medal earlier. And in 2008, Greg Maddox wins his final start of his career, number 355. It is National Chocolate Milk Day. I have some in my refrigerator right now. I bought some on Saturday morning just for me to be able to drink out of. <laughs> what, you, what was that? <laughs> the fact that you bought it so you could drink out of it. That, that's the part that yeah. I still pour it into a glass. I live alone. There's nobody there but me. I poured it into a glass. There's nothing better than having a little swig out of the out of the carton. Yeah, I'll pass on all that. That's, oh, yeah? that's okay. not really a me thing okay. either. All right. Yeah. Happy but birthday. You you. Happy birthday to Avril Lavigne, who's 38. Gwyneth Paltrow officially turns 50 today. Anna Camp from Pitch Perfect is 40. Steve Kerr, 57. And Mike Schmidt is 73. What, what do you mean she officially turns 50? She celebrated her birthday over the weekend on Instagram in a bikini photo. Uh, and I only know this because it in, 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 it bombarded my feed while I was reading Texas Tech quotes, quotes this weekend. I'm, I'm not bothered by her doing that. I'm bothered by you. <laughs> like, I wasn't oh, she's officially, officially 50. Officially I mean, 50. like you thought that because she put a picture on Instagram over the weekend, like you have fallen, fallen for this trap. You know, I expect people to act dumb. I'm, I'm like, Jeff, like you, like, you seem like an adult enough person to just ignore it and move past it. It was more like every other post was either Texas Tech meeting Texas or Gwen's Paltrow turning 50. She officially turns 50 today. Clearly today is didn't. I'm not upset with her celebrating her birthday over the weekend. Go forth and conquer. Right. Have at but it. Whatever. A lot of people birthday. do that, right? Today is actually her birthday. Mm -mm. Uh, and in Who this, are we even talking about? Gwyneth uh, Paltrow. Okay. I, sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> would you be able to, like if she walked in the oh, door? Oh, yeah, I know who she yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and on this day in 1989, Hollywood socialite Zsa Zsa Gabor, mm -hmm. on trial for slapping a police officer, storms out of the courtroom in the middle of the district attorney's closing arguments. Later that day... <laughs> Gabor was convicted and sentenced to 72 hours in jail, 120 hours of community service, and a $13,000 in fines and restitution. Gabor died in 2016. Jaja and her sister a, Ava were... That's a blast from the past. Bat-blank crazy before anybody what? identified people as bat-blank crazy. What, why were they famous? What were they famous for? <sighs> that's, well, Both actresses. Oh, uh, they were? Yeah. Okay. Not Jaja, the other one. Ava? Ava. It wasn't Ava on Green Acres? Yeah, uh, yes, I believe Ava so. Ava was on Green Acres. Jaja was her sister. They could have been twins. Um, and I think that's how they got famous. Yeah. Okay. But um, that is this day's sports history. Um, <laughs> Jaja was also, uh, also competed in uh, the 1933 Miss Hungary uh, pageant where she placed as second runner-up. 
just so you know. Miss Hungary. Yeah, she, not she made Miss, it. Not Miss Hungry. Miss Hungary. <laughs> Hungary, right. Uh, she made it to 99 years of age. Did she really? Yeah. That's impressive. That's a, that is, a, that is impressive. Quite a feat. It is quite a, that is quite a feat. She's married a million times. I mean, one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least. No, more than that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Oh, my goodness. Is that yeah. a record? I don't know if it's a record or not, but I mean, that's... <clears throat> she was also married to the hotel magnate uh, Conrad Hilton. She once stated, men have always liked me, and I've, I've always liked men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but not hating on her for that. But I like a mannish man, a man who knows how to talk to and treat a woman, not just a man with muscles. Okay? Yeah. There you go. And we said this. Ava was on uh, Green Acres. All right. Did you ever watch Green Acres? Mm, Green Acres is the place for me. You got that? Okay. I've heard the song. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't think I've ever watched that though. Really? Mr. Haney. 830 the... on MeTV. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. I have to wait for good the end before good. Hogan's Heroes. You're good on that? Yeah. <laughs> There's probably some people on. You probably could watch Green Acres and uh, you would probably feel like there's some people that you work with that could uh, play the characters of uh, the various uh, characters on Green Acres. And actually, anybody in particular you're speaking you, you about? You would be Mr. Douglas. He would be a good Mr. Douglas, wouldn't he? I just don't see him climbing a telephone pole to use the phone. That's it. But I mean, other than that, Mr. Douglas is, you know, he, he's the one that made the most sense. True. He was the one that made the most sense. He was the one that was trying to get, to keep the insane asylum running. I mean, in all in all honesty, I'm probably Mr. Haney, and you're probably Eb. Jeff, Let's be honest, I'm probably the pig. The Arnold, pig, Arnold the pig. <laughs> was, was, was he a big actor in this show? Oh yeah, he was a, f a featured actor. But I think you're As more. As a pig Eb. can be, yes. I think you're more uh, Eb, Jeff, and I'm I'm Mr. Haney, and that's that's a little disparaging to both of us. Okay, but it, but there's probably some truth to to it for both of us. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Uh, this uh, the Gabor sisters were big socialites. They were. They would have been perfect for tabloids and social media. I think. Oh, I think, oh, the, they tab were. I think the tabloids were created because of them, mm -hmm. and they would have been perfect for social media. Yeah, they would have loved they were, that probably. They were the Kardashian sisters before the Kardashian sisters ever thought about being the Kardashian sisters. Mm. The Kardashian sisters have just taken it to a. Much, much higher level. All right. Uh, Chuck, now I have uh, the Green Acres song in my head. Uh, and somebody says, think Kardashian and Paris Hilton. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I, I wanted to give you this fun little fact, this fun little tidbit, two of them, um, from, uh, from the football weekend. I did not know this. Frank Reich, who is the quarterback, the coach. Reich. Frank Reich, who is the quarterback, or the former quarterback of the Bills current coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and Boomer Esiason were college roommates at Maryland. Knew they were both Maryland. I did okay. not know they were roommates. And Frank Reich, because Boomer uh, was talking about Frank Reich uh, after the ball game, And then Paul Hackett uh, and Mike Shanahan, both of whom sons coached against each other in the Sunday night game. Dino Hackett for the Broncos and Kyle Shanahan for the San Niners. Francisco 40. He's Niners. related to Buddy, right? Huh? He's related to Buddy, right? No, he's not related to Buddy Hackett. But Paul Hackett recruited Chris Collinsworth to USC. He did not go there. 
and Mike Shanahan was his offensive coordinator at Florida his last year. Chris Collinsworth's receiver coach, and this was his first coaching job, was Steve Spurrier. Anyway, I just thought that was a nice little interesting little note of history there. 28 degrees of separation right Right, there. Right, absolutely. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. That's me, man. Wow. Highly, you know. Impressive. (laughs) This is the Morning Drive Podcast. I'm like the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Because your kids don't want moms? My my, my oldest is a senior, and I think we... I think we made it through without paying for a single mom. Wasn't the guy supposed to pay for the mom? Oh, I don't know. From Double T 97.3. I just, I don't know why I have Adrian Peterson in my head, Jamie, that Oklahoma running back. Adrian Martinez is the quarterback for Kansas State. <clears throat> just can't. I know you, man. I know, but I mean, it just. I mean, after yesterday, you you dropped a Peterson on us. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's. Um, and Bullfighter says, you know, we got Donovan McNabb and <laughs> quarterback here. I've done that one a couple times. <laughs> Adrian yeah. Peterson. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach McGuire just calls him Donnie. And uh, I think Coach Kitley calls him Donnie, too. I think that's the part that doesn't help. Like, if he said Donovan Smith, I don't think I would get it Donovan McNabb, Donovan McNabb out there as often. But because it's Donnie, I don't know why I don't go Anderson yeah. or any number of different right. Donnies out Osmond. there. Osmond, Donnie Osmond. But it's because we don't get the Donnie oh, wow. Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg, yeah. Yeah. Baseball. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. New Rangers manager? Oh. <laughs> I don't think so, but I'm not turning it down either. Who's that? Donnie Baseball. Don Mattingly? Yeah. Nah, I think he I think he's I think he's gonna take a year off. Think so? Yeah recharge boy that would just be awesome for you wouldn't it don mattingly to be the ranger manager that would make me happy i mean i already root for the rangers i'd root a little harder okay mm-hmm. i got no clue I want maybe to... maybe josh could get me his autograph <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny that would be awesome that would be funny <laughs> Josh, could you could you go carry the water for me to get Don Mattingly's I just want to be on the fly on the wall and have it. Coach, this is... Can you sign this for the color guy for my college baseball team? I want Josh to admit to him... That he's a Yankee fan. That Josh grew up a diehard Yankees fan. (laughs) His bedroom walls were white with navy pinstripes. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about Jace? Was Jace a Yankee fan, too? I don't think so. Okay. I ne- never knew that to be true. If it is, uh, all right. Just, just, just real quick, since we've gotten steered off on this, and I think I've asked you this before, and I think you've even answered it before. But who will have the more highlight career in Major League Baseball, Jace or Josh? I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's difficult to say. I, I think Josh has lasting power because of his um, just his all around game, but. Mm-hmm. The way the majors are played, Major League Baseball is played right now, it's about hitting home runs. And I think Jace has that natural power that makes you think he might be the guy uh, that lasts longer just because he can, or or maybe not last longer, but make a bigger splash because he's a power hitter like that, just true power. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think you know, Josh just can, is so good defensively. and Although right now he's... You know, his average isn't where you want it to be. I mean, we get it. It's his first 
you know, 15 games or so. But um, I just think his game is more complete than Jace's is. You like Josh better than Jace, don't you? I like them. Yeah. I, well. You, you, your favorite. Your Josh favorite. and I were a lot closer than Jace and I were. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. There are plenty of players on that team that I, that on the teams through the years that I just don't make an extra sure, connection no, with or whatever. Josh and I were a lot more alike, and okay. so we talked a lot more than Jace and I ever did. Okay. Well, yeah. e- either way, they've got a while to go. And I'll also tell you, I like jo- the way Josh played the game. Yes, I, I knew you did. Yes, I knew you did. Yes. I knew you did that. I, my style is not Jace's style. Yeah, I think right. that's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. They will have a while to go to break the uh, brothers' home run record. Uh, oh, yeah. who's yeah. the brothers? It's not Henry happen. and Tommy Aaron. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, obviously, Henry doing the heavy lifting. He did right. Seven fifty-five. How many did Tommy have? Like thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I guess uh, the you could split the two and make it easier on yourself, but. Uh, it's a grand total of what seven eighty eight, seven sixty eight. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised there wasn't anybody that was like two of them with four hundred. I mean, what were the boons? I mean, they were neither one of them were near four hundred. And if Brett no. could have kept using steroids, he might have. Uh, the Consego brothers, I think, were making a, cha- a run at it for a while. Um, oh, he, I mean, mainly because of Jose, but yeah, Ozzy didn't. Did, did Ozzy have any in the big leagues? I think so. It's like, like uh, teammate-wise, Hank Aaron and Eddie Matthews hold that record. Probably. Well, again, anybody in your team up with Hank Aaron, you got a pretty good lead well, on everybody I mean, else. Barry Bonds, you know, but he split his between the Pirates and the Yeah, if you did, like, family, mm-hmm. and you could, well, the Boons would have an advantage there because there's more. Mm-hmm. Okay, same with the Ripkins. But Bonds and Mays. Um, Bonds and, well, Bonds, the his Bonds. Dad, how about his dad, oh, Barry yeah. Bonds? Yeah. yeah. Or uh, the Griffies. The Griffies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one. But, I mean, but Senior probably didn't have 200 career homers. Ken Griffey Senior? Yeah. Probably not. He was kind of lanky. I mean, he played on really good teams. Yeah. Won, won some World Series. And Barry Bonds was, or Bobby Bonds was a, was a very good player, but he wasn't a great player like, yeah. uh, like Barry. All right, 721 this morning here on the morning drive. Getting off on the. Getting off on the tracks here. Uh, Joey McGuire, he's the head football coach for Texas Tech University. Uh, we all know that. He was asked yesterday about his team bouncing back uh, and basically handling the success of beating a team like Texas and obviously the win over uh, Houston and putting themselves in a spot at 3-1. and one. And here's his thoughts on that. You know, um, we, we met yesterday, and that was the first thing that we talked about. When we went over the plan to win and why we won the game, you know, at the end of it, you know, we talked about what's next. That's not a question, you know, and, and so we talked about that. And then the one thing that I told all of them, I said one of the hardest things for people, you know, I was Googling all these, and I have a ton of them, of all these sports quotes, and guess what? None of them are about success. They're all about failure. Like every – guy that's ever said anything from Michael Jordan to, you know, Kobe Bryant, all of them, it's all about failure and how you come back from failure. It's not how you handle success. And we talked about that. That's one of the toughest things because everybody's patting you on the back and everybody's saying great job and, uh, you know, everything like that. And so we really talked about, um, you know, what do we want to be remembered um, as this team of 2022? And it's not – you know, for beating Texas, it's more than that. And so really focusing on that. And then, you know, I've asked the coaches and the players, you know, really focus on uh, their daily uh, schedule, 
making sure we're on class on time, making sure we're turning in all our assignments. Like all the little things that we're supposed to be focusing on, if we do that, then it'll keep us on the right track. And so uh, a lot of pressure on these guys this week to make sure they're where they're supposed to be and doing what they're supposed to do. And, and uh, that'll help us get to uh, K-State. I thought that was a really interesting perspective because as I was sitting there listening to him talking about that, that there's all these quotes like, you know, you've got Teddy Roosevelt's in the arena and you've got, you know, Vince Lombardi and, you know, the difference between a successful man and others, you know, it's not a lack of strength nor a lack of, you know, knowledge, but rather a lack of will, you know, oh, and there's, there's a million of them out there, but yet nobody talks about handling success. I've heard coach Wes Kitley talk about handling success, you know, and, you know, for not only for like his, his track, uh, athletes, but also just himself, you know, and how you, you know, kind of keep climbing the mountain because these guys, you know, you know, like anybody that's got anything that they've got to achieve, whether it's monthly or yearly or annually or what, you know, six months or whatever, you know, whether you're in sports or not business, you know, you start, start the year <clears throat> at the bottom of the hill. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've got to climb that, climb that hill. And uh, so I thought that was a really interesting perspective of, you know, handling success and kind of doing the little things. And just so you all know, the plan to win, because he refers to this all the time, Coach McGuire does, the plan to win has seven aspects to it. Uh, number one is don't beat yourself. Number two is dominate up front. Number three is win the turnover battle. Number four is be special on special teams. Number five is create big plays slash no lost yardage. Number six is win the middle eight. That's the second half of the second quarter and the first half of the third quarter and then uh, the seventh is attack the situations so that's his plan to win uh, I don't know that you necessarily have to do all seven of those things but you think about the Texas game they didn't beat themselves they did dominate up front uh, with their defensive line they did win the turnover battle they were special on special teams with Trey Wolf uh, they did a good job uh, there in the third quarter and uh, I think they they did create some big plays, and they did attack when they needed to, especially creating that turnover uh, there in the overtime. So I thought that was just interesting about handling success, that there's really no quotes about handling success, all these quotes about handling failure. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. But I'll bet you many of his coaches probably haven't. They're like, who is this? What is this Mayberry that you speak of, right? This is the Morning Drive Podcast. Sign me up. Get your popcorn ready. <laughs> From Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, my question for you guys is three and one after four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe both of you... We're five and seven guys at the beginning of the season. We were. And, mm-hmm. and we're both uh, one and three at this point of the season, guys. I was a two and two at this point of the season, guy. <clears throat> okay? Yep. So you clearly have won two more games at this point than you thought you were going to. Mm-hmm. So I want to know this start where it's uh, how much it's affected your season prediction for <laughs> wins now. I mean, are you at seven and five now? <laughs> Did you you won two games you didn't expect to, so you're at seven and five. So where are you guys? 
I'm, I'm teetering. Uh, I'm definitely not five and seven anymore. Okay. Uh, the, the, the true swing game for me on uh, getting to six and six was the Houston game. Um, I, I, I do feel like that Tech will win on Saturday against K State. So I, I think there's at least, I think there's at least three, maybe four wins left um, on the on the schedule uh, with K State, West Virginia, Kansas, and then I'm I'm teetering on at TCU. I think it's going to be. There's a part of me that wants to say Baylor at home because that's going to be a very huge emotional game with Patrick Mahomes coming back and a full house potentially. So I'm at least at six and six at this point in time. I would have been two and two at this point. I had a win over Houston to begin the year. I I thought you'd start two and oh and then go oh and two. Um, So I'm one win ahead of where I thought we would be. Looking at the conference, I don't know that Kansas is as much of a patsy as they have been in the past. Mm -hmm. They look like they're playing pretty decent football and, you are having to go there. Um, and I need someone to beat them. So I feel a little bit better in the big 12 about, you know, Kansas being Kansas. I still like West Virginia, uh, the chance to win West Virginia. I do not have us winning this week. I am not picking us to beat Kansas state until we actually do. Um, I'm tired of us shooting ourselves in the foot in games for the, uh, wildcats that you should have won. Um, they're going to, they've proven a lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm leaning towards six and six but I'm not quite there yet because really? of what the rest of the conference looks like. First off, you do play Kansas at home. Yeah, it's I'm sorry. Fair. Yeah, sorry, Kansas here. Sorry. K- at K-State this weekend. You were weekend. Kansas State last year. Yeah. My apologies. I started the season 6-6, six and six and I'm still at 6-6. Six and six. Okay. Uh, I, and I guess I just... I don't look at any game on the schedule and say it's not winnable. I don't look at any game on the schedule and say it's not losable. I mean, the conference is solid. Mm-hmm. There's no patsy. The, the conference is solid. I mean, uh, at one point I thought West Virginia looked like they were about to pack it in, and they look better. They look better. I mean, I think Baylor is solid. TCU has been better than I thought they would be or maybe hoped I, that, that they would be. Uh, obviously, Kansas has improved. Iowa State looks okay i mean not great but okay you haven't had a lot of success playing up there against iowa state so i guess i feel like you know at at this point you're four games in and you've you've got eight to go i mean again i would not be surprised it wouldn't be the shock of all shocks for you to win four games and get to seven and five or maybe even maybe even five you know, I, I don't. I don't think that would be the great biggest shock ever. Um, but man, I also just look at it and say, it also wouldn't be shocking if you went three and five. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just none that I'm like, oh, check that one off. Yeah, check right. that one. No, there's I'm none. I mean, you're gonna have to win these games. They're not gonna be just given to you like normal with Kansas. Do you think, like right now, that you said there's nothing would shock you? But would it would it shock you if you won at Oklahoma State and at home against Oklahoma? Both of those yes. would very much surprise me. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, very much surprise him. Yeah, if, would, if not shock, yeah, it would shock me if we lost to West Virginia. It would shock you if oh. we lost to West Virginia. If we lost to West, oh. I, I think shock that, you. Yes, 
I think you are a better team all around than they are across the board. I think you have a better coach than they do. I think you're getting pl better play from your players than they've, than they've been getting this season. Um, that one would shock me. That's the loss that would shock me. The way that the season has played out so far. I Again, I, I don't think any loss would shock me the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely be really, really surprised if you won at Oklahoma State or at home against Oklahoma. The other ones would not mm -hmm. be a surprise to me. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know how many I'm going to pick the Red Raiders in. I mean, as I sit here today, probably will pick the Red Raiders against West Virginia. But I have to see how you play against Kansas State and Oklahoma State, and how see how West Virginia plays the next couple of weeks. I mean, I mean it's probably at TCU and K State as of right now, but those would be the ones that I would right now favor the Red Raiders. I mean, let's let's face it. You're you're, you're probably going to need to split between K State and TCU, and and then beat at least West Virginia and Kansas uh, to give yourself a chance at getting bowl eligible. In addition to the you know the other games that you're going to face, because Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Iowa State, it's up there. It's in November. Um, anyway, that's just a Let me ask you this. Would you take 6-6 six and six today? Yes. Would I take it? Yeah. No. I would. Again, bowl game, first year new head coach. Carry the momentum from last year into your second year with the new head coach for next season. So I'd take that right now. See, I don't think I would. And I've already gotten the win. In fact, I won't. I, we've already gotten the win this year. That I would have traded a six and six for. Mm -hmm. So you're giving me a Texas win and a six and six season. I think you're capable of more. I do too. I don't know if you'll get that or not, mm -hmm. but I think you're capable of it. Yeah. Uh, Mike says this. Uh, Ask this team has no quit. We are, we're in every single game. I'll be shocked if we don't handle West Virginia. Uh, Syntex Hank, I drank the Kool-Aid early on, said eight and four, still believe in this team. Um, this uh, would love five and three for the remaining schedule. Uh, I will go ahead and be bold and say our only loss for the rest of the year will be Oklahoma State. Wow. That's bold. Uh, Raiders dad, in the history of the morning drive, I don't think Chuck has ever picked K-State over Tech for anything, no matter the context. You're right. Fact. That's fact. <laughs> That's fact. <laughs> That's fact, Jack. Yeah. We could be 0 for 72. We're going to Manhattan. We're going to win today. <laughs> uh, I, I did love his post-game speech. Just remember, everything runs through Lubbock. The Jones intimidation is back. Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. Saturday was, Saturday was fun. Houston was fun. It's getting there. Uh, you guys don't think a 6-6 six and six is considered an improvement? Especially with what you say is a tough conference. Yeah. No. That's where I'm at. Look how tough this conference is. It's different than it was last year and you went six and six. Mm -hmm. It would be a seven and five from last season. I think it's I think that's a, f a fair comment. And also take into account usually when you change coaching staffs, you take a step back. So I do think six and six is an improvement, even though it's the same amount of wins you had last year. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe improvement's not the right word, but a really good job by everybody involved. Uh, we get this eight and four. Tech finally has a good defense. Donnie is getting better. I, th I think I think you do have a really good defense, and I do think the quarterback is getting better. 
I think he played a lot better this weekend. Yeah. yeah we'd we'd yeah. like to see some consistency, that's for certain. Uh, I don't understand this one. Chuck, what were your thoughts on the butterball? Butterball? I'm a big fan of their turkey. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. By the way, uh, I was talking to a food broker guy the other day, and apparently there's a short. There's going to be a shortage on turkeys. Yes. So if you got if you got a, if you got a freezer, you might want to go ahead and get yours. For Jamie, I'll be back. I got to go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody turn on some dang music. <clears throat> we did. Jeff did. Big plays and even bigger laughs. If they get seven out of those two things, game over. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not winning. You're not winning that game. At, at all. This is the Morning Drive Podcast. Uh, basketball players who don't wear the same they, shoes. The shoes that right. match the uniform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Match the color scheme of the, the team they play for. <laughs> from Double T 97.3. Look forward to hearing from you on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to Double T 97.3.com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark Hotline is open as well at 806 771 0973. <clears throat> Joey McGuire met with the media yesterday, as did uh, Zach Kitley, offensive coordinator, and the defensive coordinator, Tim DeRuiter. Uh, Coach uh, McGuire said that Kansas State is his favorite place to go for a college football game. Okay. That's interesting. He said a true college atmosphere, and he said despite the 11 a.m. start that the place will be packed and it'll be uh, a raucous environment. He didn't use the word raucous, but... A good environment. Called uh, their coach, Chris Kleiman, a stud. Um, said the uh, quarterback, uh, Adrian Martinez, is dynamic, strong run, quarterback that can run. It'll be big to try to contain him. Completely uh, agree. I think it's one of the keys to this game is to not let him hurt you, you know, tucking and running, getting outside the pocket. So you've got to have plenty of edge discipline. And this one, with your guys on the outside, you can't open things up to the outside for him. You know, you funnel him to the inside, and usually you're going to have a little more help that way, but you can't get, let him get around uh, the outside. And you just got to force this guy to try to beat you with his arm because, uh, you know, it's not nearly as dangerous as his legs are, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, called Deuce Vaughn a great player. I uh, said he can catch the ball and – Described him as tough to get down. He's a terrific player, yeah. no question. Yeah. Um, let's see. Other comments that he made yesterday, we heard about him, you know, talking about, you know, handling success um, and, uh, and, and that, you know, basically um, they've got to make sure that they focus on, on the little things this week and getting ready for, uh, for Kansas State. He described him as two good football teams, great atmosphere. Uh, they got to put last week behind them and focus on what's in front. Um, he said the back-to-back uh, backs, you know, with Robinson and Deuce Vaughn can be uh, nerve-wracking and exciting all at the same time. <laughs> he he described uh, Kansas State's offensive line as fun to watch. Okay, just an offensive line. Just just to, that's a true football coach there. Right. No no question. Yeah. No question. And he, he said that uh, Deuce Vaughn is a tough guy that plays the game the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, if you, if you ever really want to sound like you really know what you're talking about, uh-huh. 
say that, Chuck. Oh man, I really like their watching their offensive line. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Maybe them. on your basketball broadcasts, if yeah. you like brought up, hey, this team, I enjoy the way they set screens. <laughs> you know, this this is one of the most entertaining scene screening screen setting teams I've ever seen. You say that, Finkner will be like, wow. he'll die. He'll just he'll do. Finkner will be like, Heinz is dialed he'll, in, he'll man. Just, he'll keel He's over. got an understanding of this game that <laughs> just, just normal people do not. He'll just, he'll just keel say over. those things. Okay. Okay. Promise. Yeah. Okay. A screen good. setting team, man. This is this this. Uh, I, I'm so say, I am so entertained with the way this team yeah. sets screens. I'll do that on my uh, pregame talks with either uh, Coach P or uh, Coach AC or Coach Carter. You know, hey, this. Coach, the screen setting on this on this club, you know, as I was watching film, was just it's, it was, it's really stunning. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. Exciting to watch. They'll, yeah. they'll all die. They'll all like <laughs> fall over dead, laughing at me. Like really? You saw that, huh? Did you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he uh, described uh, one of their wide receivers. I'll get their names. Uh, he just has numbers, which is again true football coach. He said number four wide receiver is a dude, and that he can return it to. His return game is really good too, mm-hmm. but he's a dude. You got dudes like and studs. Term. Dude, like he's term. a dude. He's a dude. That's a good one. Um, described Adrian Martinez as totally different than what we've faced. The got to play disciplined football. Got to be able to take angles to the field. Uh, it's going to be a tough task. Different animal. Okay, all those all those things for uh, for Coach McGuire. Um, he he just also said that the Kansas State atmosphere is different. It's is comparable to North Carolina State, but it's going to be different because um, of the 11 a.m. start. They are going to simulate crowd noise for the offense today in the Sports Performance Center, um, so that they're um, kind of having a kind of awareness of what they've got with with K State. And K State, when you go up there, if you or if you're listening to the game after. First of all, after every play, they'll probably play some aspect of Wabash Cannonball, okay? The other thing that they'll do when they're on offense, they'll have this big kind of cat roar like, after every, after every play, too. After every play, they'll have this big kind of cat roar, you know? They don't let the farmers bring their pitchforks into the stadium, though. That's good. <clears throat> I, I don't get it. No, a bunch of wheat farmers up there. Oh. <laughs> okay. I don't think they let the combines go into the parking lot either. So don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh. <laughs> I want me to play the Wabash Cannonball right now. I want to find a wildcat roar just to upset Chuck, it's but I can't a, this week. A wildcat roar. Because this week we all hate Kansas State. Be careful. He might go Ken Dorsey over there. <clears throat> Yeah, I might. No, this is my own personal iPad. It's not station issued. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. I don't want to break anything of the stations too. Um, Those a couple of thoughts there from uh, from Joey McGuire with regard to Chris Kleiman. He he said that the thing that he has taken from Chris Kleiman is the culture, uh, and that the team really buys into him. Um, he said he's a great X's and O's coach, but that. It's the culture that he has really built there at Kansas State. And, you know, cites the following of uh, of Bill Snyder and how difficult that is. Because, really, Bill Snyder built that program twice. Sure. Uh, You know, Mm. once. Did he have to build a culture there? You would have have thought that there was a pretty good culture. Maybe it's his culture. 
Maybe. Yeah. You know? I don't. I don't know. I'm not there. But yeah. I just would have thought the culture would would have been good with the previous coach. Sure. With, with Coach Snyder. Sure. But remember, there was some craziness going on there. Remember at the mm-hmm. end of him, mm-hmm. you know, players not being real happy with him, and it's kind of got to be crotchety old man yeah, like crotchety. he was, well, and here's he the, was having trouble yeah. or he's really angry with people who are traveling or uh, traveling how about transferring and and then i remember um, and somebody didn't get a bowl ring or something yeah and then there was uh because he transferred and then there was uh there was a there was this, this wild story about an assistant coach who left the building to go get like a dr pepper and then came back to his office and said there was a note that says we don't leave the facility during the day or something like that. It was like this guy worked a million hours and went across the street to get a Dr. Pepper and there was this note left. <laughs> That's a lot. I, I don't know how, how true that story is, but I, I just know this. How about we get the guy some Dr. Pepper in the building? I'll just say this about uh, Bill Snyder, and I've, I've told this story before, but one of my friends has ALS and he's a K-State grad. And he wanted to, he basically the last game that he went to was last year. And that will probably be the last game that he ever goes to at, at K-State. And he's my age and he's a great guy. And he's got a great attitude about it. But we set it up for uh, another buddy of mine with uh, Stan Weber, who's one of the radio guys, to meet Coach Snyder and get his picture taken. And I'd sent Coach Snyder an email and had sent him a note. And then he, I got a note back from Coach Snyder plus a note back from my friend. I mean, the guy's just a class act. He's just a class act. And what he, every, everything that he has done at K-State has just been absolutely perfect. And when I told Kirby about it, he's like, he goes, was it in, was it in purple? I go, it was. He goes, was it written sideways? I go, it was. He goes, yep, that's Coach Snyder. So anyway, it was just, it was just cool. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T973.com.